Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us these tribal trails. Tribal trails. Tribal Hello and welcome to Tribal Trails. We're glad to have you with us today as we take a look at a very well-known Bible story. Are you familiar with the time God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac? Maybe you've heard sermons about it regarding Abraham's obedience or how Abraham trusted God. You might even have heard how it foreshadows Jesus, the Son of God, dying on the cross for our sins. Well, today our guest, Frank Ward is going to give us a fresh perspective on this story as he looks at it from somebody else's point of view. Are you curious? Then let's join Frank. Hello everyone. Today we're going to be looking in, at a Bible character whose name is Isaac. And uh, his name uh, means something. You know, back in the Old Testament days when usually in children are, are given names, there's usually a meaning behind, behind it. And Isaac is Abraham's son, the one that he'd waited for for such a long time. And let me read you something from um, my Life Application Bible. Of, uh, the study Bible I have has many notes in there to help you understand more of uh, what's been talked about in the Word of God. So here it says, Isaac, a name carries great authority. It sets you apart. It triggers memories. The sound of it calls you to attention anywhere. Many Bible names accomplish more. They were often descriptions of important facts about one's past and hopes for the future. The choice of the name Isaac, he laughs, for Abraham and Sarah's son must have created a variety of feelings in them each time it was spoken. At times it must have recalled their soft laughter at God's announcement that they would be parents in their old age. At other times it must have brought back the joyful feelings of receiving their long-awaited answer to prayer for a child. Most importantly, it was a testimony to God's power in making His promise a reality. In a family of uh, forceful initiators, Isaac was a quiet, mind-my-own-business type unless he was specifically called to take action. He was protected only child from the time Sarah got rid of Ishmael until Abraham arranged his marriage to Rebekah. His own family, Isaac, had the patriarchal position, but Rebekah had the power. Rather than stand his ground, Isaac found it easier to compromise or lie uh, to avoid confrontations. So even though Isaac, you know, experienced many things in his life, um, it does not mean that he lived a perfect life. Uh, he made mistakes, and um, just like you and me. And so as we look at this Bible character, Isaac, what are, what are some of the things that we can apply into our lives? What, are, what was his strengths and his accomplishments in his life? He was the miracle child of Sarah and, and Abraham. They were, Sarah was 90 years old and Abraham was 100 years old when they had Isaac. 
He was a descend, first descendant of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. So that was very important. He seems to have been a caring and consistent husband, at least until his sons were, were born. Some of the weaknesses in, in Isaac's life were under pressure, he tended to lie. So lying is, is not a good thing. And that's what he tended to do in his, when there was pressure in his life. So one of the lessons that we can learn from his life is that uh, patience often brings rewards. And also both God's plans and his promises are larger than people. So God keeps his promises. So one of the main things that I want us to, to learn from his life is that Isaac's life teaches us that everything that is needed to live God's plan and purpose is provided by God himself. So if God calls us to, to, to a ministry, God calls us to whatever it is, then God is going to provide for us. Uh, he will give us strength. He will lead us and he will guide us every step of the way. How has God provided for you in your life? What has God provided for you and, and your family? Has he answered your prayers? Are we growing in our relationship with God through this experience? What did God provide for Isaac? How did Isaac receive these things? Do we follow God because he gives us things or provides or for us? Or is he our God or because he is our God, we follow him, not because he does things for me? What has God the Father provided for us in Jesus Christ our Lord? Forgiveness repentance, payment for sin, victory over sin, victory over death, victory over Satan, victory over the world and the flesh, the sinful nature in us, hope for today and tomorrow and forever. So those are the things that God has provided for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The word provide, it means to supply or to equip. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. How, how much did God own? Well, he, go, he owns everything. Everything that we, we see, everything that He provides for us, it's, it's from His hand. And in a similar way for, for Isaac as well, God had provided many things for him in his life. So what I did for our message here is I made an acrostic of the, of the name of Isaac. So the first letter in Isaac's name is, is I. And so I wrote down on, on, that, on that letter, introduced to Jehovah Jireh. Isaac is introduced to Jehovah Jireh. So I turn to Genesis chapter 22 and verses 12 to 17. Many times, you know, we read these verses from Abraham's perspective. Um, but what about Isaac? You know, he was the son. He was the one who was going to be sacrificed. You know, how, how did that uh, impact his life? What was he thinking when his dad was, when they were walking up the, the, the mountain and they had the fire, they had the wood, but there was no lamb. So I'm going to read these verses, Genesis 22, 
And he said, Do not lay your hand on a lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behind him was a ram caught in thicket of its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. It is as this to this day in the mount the Lord has provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand that is on a seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. So just looking at in from Isaac's perspective, how emotionally, um, how did that affect Isaac to have your father almost, you know, offer you as a sacrifice? Was this a traumatic experience for Isaac? That's a good question. And through this experience, Isaac's early life, you know, what lasting lesson has been imprinted in his understanding of God, Jehovah Jireh? Well, God provided a, a ram that was caught, you know, in, in, in the thickets. And so that's one thing that we, can, that we can say that Isaac learned. You know, God provided for, for him instead of him being sacrificed and dying on, on the altar, God provided this, this ram. What lasting imprints have been left in your life through your life experience? Have they been good or bad or both? Isaac has learned in this near-death experience that at, at the hands of his father that Jehovah will, will provide. In our deepest and darkest pains of our lives, even there, the Lord will provide healing, mercy, forgiveness in our lives. Your love is like radiant diamonds Bursting inside us, we cannot contain Your love will surely come find us Like blazing of fire Sing in your name God of mercy Sweet love mine I have surrendered To your design It is offering Stretch across the skies And these hallelujahs Be multiplied your love is like radiant diamonds Bursting inside us, we cannot contain Your love will surely come find us Like blazing wildfire, singing your name God of mercy, sweet love of mine I have surrendered to your design May this offering stretch across the skies And these hallelujahs be multiplied God of mercy 
mercy, sweet love of mine, I have surrendered to your design. May this offering stretch across the skies and these hallelujahs be multiplied. Another example of this would be that God provided for would be Mary, you know, when, uh, when the angel came to talk to Mary when she was a virgin and uh, told her of this plan that God had for her life. And, um, and she, she believed and she, she, did, she did have a question, you know, how is this supposed to happen? And then he, she was given the answer that God was going to do this. So God has provided for Isaac, that's his, his letter, and the uh, second letter in Isaac's name is S. So I put down the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. Sacrifice is defined or give you a definition of the word sacrifice. The offering of an animal, plant, or human life, or of some material possessions to a deity as in a propitiation or homage. So that's just a, a regular dic dictionary uh, um, Webster's Dictionary definition of the word sacrifice, living sacrifice. Why didn't Isaac fight to get free from his father? What does a living sacrifice supposed to do? In Genesis 22, verses 7 to 10, I will read, it says, And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. Look, and the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offerings? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So Isaac was the sacrifice, was supposed to be the living sacrifice, but God uh, changed the plan. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there talks about um, us as, as Christians you know, what is it that we're supposed, to, we're supposed to do with our lives? We're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Lord, here's my life. Lord, would you use it for your glory? And so that's uh, one wonderful scripture there. Isaac was a willing sacrifice to the plan of God in his life. Like Isaac, have you surrendered yourself wholly to the Lord? You not just giving just a little bit of yourself to Jesus, but your whole life. Have you done that? God desires we surrender our all to Him. So the next letter in the name Isaac is, is A, the letter A. And I, I wrote down, acquires wife. So he, he got a wife. So we turn to Genesis chapter 24. The story, the scripture that's in there is verses 1 to 6 to 7. Isaac is provided a, a wife, Rebekah. It was Abraham's servant that actually had 
Abraham have sent to go and get a wife from such a place, a certain place, and then to bring her back for, so Isaac could have a wife. Isaac was 40 years old when Rebekah became his wife. In Genesis 25, verses 5 to 11, for Isaac's next letter in his name is A. He acquires the inheritance and two sons. And so Abraham had given him an inheritance, which would probably include land and animals and I'm not sure what else. So Isaac receives that and also two sons, Jacob and Esau. And so that is found in Genesis 25, verses 5 to 11. That's part of the scriptures. And also Genesis 25, 19 to 26. As Christians, what inheritance have we received because of what Jesus has accomplished in his death and his resurrection? And what kind of things have we received? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. It talks about how we have, we are blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So just like how God is providing for Isaac in his life, um, God has given us so many spiritual blessings in, in Jesus and in the Word of God. So in the final letter, in the, in the name of Isaac, in our acrostic is that covenant is confirmed. Covenant is confirmed. And that's one of the things that uh, the Old Testament teaches is that a New Testament is that God keeps his promises. When he has promised Abraham he was going to provide Isaac, uh, a son for him, and there's, there's Isaac. He's alive and he's real. And the covenant is confirmed in Genesis chapter 26. It says, verses 1 to 5, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Dwell in the land and I will be with you and bless you for you and your descendants. And I will give these lands and I will perform an oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants, all these lands in your seed and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, uh, my commandments and my statutes and my laws. So God's covenant that he had given to, to Abraham has um, now been passed on to, to Isaac. And God had provided all that Isaac needed to live a life that pleases God. So once again, Isaac's life teaches us that everything that is needed to live God's plan and purpose is provided by God himself. So I pray that you will uh, continue to grow in your walk with Jesus as God continues to provide for you in many ways. Thank you to Frank for this teaching from God's word about Isaac his name and his life that provides reminders of God's goodness to us.
If you would like to know more about our relationship with God and following Him, please feel free to contact us. The story from Genesis 22 includes a type of ritual, burning, and the possibility of dying to obey God. In modern times, we tend to think of these things in a figurative or spiritual sense only. However, our next guests are going to talk about an experience that actually included these elements. Dex Smarts from Teslin, Yukon and his friend Derek Baker will share about an event in Doug's life that may remind you of Isaac. Let's begin with Derek setting up the story. I met Doug Smarch uh, about 10 years ago when I lived in Teslin. I was a pastor there for nearly 12 years. And one day we were, we were having a Bible study together and he says, you know what, there seems to be something missing. There's, I'm missing a step. And so I was able to share with him from the Bible, different scriptures, and I said, do you understand what they're saying? And he said, yes. And I said, do you want to accept Jesus into your life today? He says, yes, I do. And so I remember we knelt down right in his living room there, we held hands, and he started praying. And the Doug Smarts that started that prayer was not the same Doug Smarts that ended that prayer. The Holy Spirit changed his life in a miraculous way. Um, Shortly thereafter, he told me, he says, hey, I want to be baptized. When I came to Christ, I think it was just uh, something that, baptism was something that I needed to make a public, a public pro- proclamation and a confession of Christ. That was the most important, to be public about it, and to, to let my group know that I am a follower, a follower of Jesus Christ. That was the most important for the baptism. It, it's, it was just something that was very significant for me and it, it did profoundly move me. Um, because uh, when I did get baptized, there was just something I know that shifted inside me. And when that shift happened, I went home that night and I had all these objects, these, I had, um, stuff from rituals, costumes, objects that I used as part of my worship. And they just felt like foreign items. I felt like I walked into someone else's home. That wasn't my home. I felt like it was, I was in a stranger's place. And I went to my friend Derek and I said, what do I do with this stuff? I knew I couldn't do that and I couldn't live that way anymore. And I and my friend told me, Derek told me, to pray to the Holy Ghost and to let me know what to do. I did, and I just got it on my heart to, to get rid of everything, like to get rid of stuff that I've used when I didn't know who Jesus Christ was, and to burn it. He called me up and he said, okay, he says, I'm ready. He says, I've got things to, things to get rid of. Can you come help me? And I said, yes. So I went down there with a, with a friend and I thought maybe we would have some bags or a box of stuff, of trinkets or things. And it was bags and boxes and buckets. We filled up a back, the back of a pickup truck and had this huge fire. And there was stuff that I burnt up that I thought I was going to drop dead. When I threw uh, some, some items that I regarded as sacred, I thought, 
something's going to happen to me. And um, I often say that I saw the Word of God at work when I met uh, uh, a person from Send. It was Sheldon. Sheldon came there, and I didn't know Sheldon. And the most unlikely people came to help me do that. And it was a very scary thing. I heard other medicine men talk about that. And that fire was burning. So he thought he was going to die. You know. But I went through that. And it, it was being set free. And I got to experience that twice with another person. But the word of God at work that day was I didn't get judged. I, I didn't feel judged. You know. Um, that was uh, the most profound thing. And nothing happened to me. No, nothing at all. And you kept thinking, oh, any point in time now, the spirits are going to attack me. But when the spirits didn't, because he was very in touch with the spirit world as, as training to be a shaman, when the spirits didn't attack him, he knew that Jesus Christ was stronger than anything that he knew before. Any spirit that he served before, Jesus Christ was stronger. And so now, Doug has been growing in his faith. He's been sharing his personal faith with, with other people all across the Yukon, and it's amazing. And I, I can't wait to see what more God has in store for him as, as he becomes a disciple that makes other disciples. But keep getting baptized was just really, it's the public letting, the, letting in front of heaven, in front of my brethren or my fellow believers that that was the most important i just needed needed to do that no don't doubt don't doubt your salvation no don't doubt don't doubt what the lord has done Jesus died to save us all from sin and shame So when the devil tells you different, don't you have no doubt Well, Peter was riding in the boat Saw Jesus walking on the stormy sea He said, Master, can I come to thee? He said, come on in the waters just fine Well, Peter stepped over the side of the boat he went walking to the master of the way And that old devil said Hey boy, you can't walk on water And he sank right down to his chin No, don't doubt Don't doubt your salvation No, don't doubt Don't doubt what the Lord has done Jesus died to save us all from sin and shame So when the devil tells you different, don't you have no doubt I was sinking in the sea of life The devil had his hands all over me I cried, Jesus, what can I do? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee So I asked the Lord to be captain of my heart Sailing toward the crystal sea I'm so glad Jesus saved my soul That old devil just had to flee No, don't doubt Don't doubt your salvation No, don't doubt Don't doubt what the Lord has done Jesus 
died to save us all from sin and shame. So when the devil tells you different, don't you have no doubt. Don't doubt salvation. Don't doubt what the Lord has done. Jesus died to save us all from sin and shame. So when the devil tells you different, don't you have no doubt. Jesus died to save us all from sin and shame. So when the devil tells you different, don't you have no doubt.